Hey everybody, just real quick before the show started, uh, this is Steve, and I just wanted to let you know, for all the latest information on our podcast, hit us up on Twitter at EILF Movies, that's everything I learned from movies. We're also on Instagram and Facebook. If you're looking for incredible art, or maybe gifts for an upcoming uh, birthday, or Father's Day, Mother's Day, anything like that, Christmas, uh, you can check out Izzy's art at untidyvenus.etsy.com. You can also find us on all the uh, podcatchers like Podbean, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or iTunes, whatever they're calling it these days, Podcast Addict. Uh, basically, Google us, you'll find us, and uh, we'd love to hear from you. All right, on with the show. Everything I learned from movies helps to make life a little bit groovy. With a one last plot holes a gratuitous movies. It's time to get busy with your friend Steven Gary Bullock had an earlier career as a computer programmer, but abandoned that career path to become an actor later in life, and it started as memorable characters in Robocop 2 and 3. Terminal Velocity, Species, Twin Peaks, Ally McBill, The X-Files, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, and more. He met his wife, Mill Nicholson, during a stage production of The Crucible, and Mill and Gary now record audiobooks, with Mill performing all the characters of Charles Dickens' novels, while Gary's in the process of narrating a documentary for the 325th Fighter Group of World War II uh, called The Checker Tales. Gary has also authored two screenplays, Elswin, a sci-fi romance, and Ridge Runner, a true Civil War story with others in the works. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Bullock and Mrs. Nicholson were kind enough to join us on Everything I Learned From Movie. Hello? Uh, hello, is this Mill? Yes, it is. Hi, uh, this is Steve with uh, Everything I Learned From Movies. <laughs> oh, hello there. Hello. <laughs> and I'm here too. Oh, hello, Gary. How are you doing today? <laughs> We're doing well. Just waiting for some sunshine, but otherwise, <laughs> fine. Excellent. And, we're living in the middle of a rainforest. Oh, where, where, where are you guys on the East Coast? Uh, we're in the mountains of North Carolina. Western oh. North Carolina. Oh, sounds gorgeous. Yeah. <laughs> yes, we had uh, 5.5 inches of rain in one day. Oh, wow. I mean, it's just unbelievable. <laughs> Not today, of course. <laughs> no, fortunately. Oh, fortunately. I say, I say, we, we, we got wildfires over on this coast, so it's like, oh, that oh, doesn't sound too bad. Oh, we're good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's got to be I in the middle. I don't know how we can do a share, but if you can find any way, we'll be happy to send it. <laughs> Excellent. Well, I'm also here with my wife, Izzy. Hello. Hello, Izzy. Hello there. <laughs> thank you nice so much for being both. on our podcast. Yes, yes, thank you. Yeah, I guess, um, let's see, with the two of you, I guess, uh, first and foremost, if you guys just want to tell us, like, where you where, where you grew up and what your family life was like and kind of how you got into to acting. I don't know. Okay, let's see. Let's take turns. Oh, why don't you go first? Oh. For a change. Okay. <laughs> um, well, I grew up in East Tennessee, which is not even that very far from where we live now. Um, and uh, it's in the mountains as well. I had a happy childhood. I can't complain. There was nothing strange went on. I wasn't warped uh, in any way that I know of. Uh, and grew up and had a fairly standard childhood. But 
If you want to let us know kind of where uh, you grew up and all that, too, up to about that point. Um, right. Just to add to the uh, piece Gary said about getting married on stage, I just finished an 18-week run in a play called The Hostage, in which I played the madam of the house, the whole house. And Ooh. then we got married on that, on that same stage. But the set was changed to the importance of being earnest. <laughs> Parts. 
Um, I didn't do so well. Uh, for some reason, I got sort of uh, mixed in with a lot of actor actresses who had sort of semi-retired, and the roles I read for, they sort of popped up and wanted to do them. And of course, the business being as it is, obviously they would choose, say, a Kathy Bates over a Mill Nicholson <laughs> for the business. So work was a little scarce on my end of things, but I did a whole massive theatre in L.A., strangely enough. <laughs> Got one of my best reviews there and uh, just had a grand time. Gary and I acted on stage together in about four or five productions. And... Uh, Prior to that, uh, when we were in Massachusetts, we directed each other in plays, acted together in plays, and uh, our teamwork is something that we enjoy very much. And now that I've been into audio books for a few years, Gary is my production man, my editor, and so he's at the computer while I'm in the booth. So, there are many other things, but I'll stop there, as I seem to have been gabbing a bit, and... Uh, <laughs> what other things you might be interested in. You're talking about, like, I guess, um, going to Hollywood. I noticed uh, you were both in a movie called uh, Handsmaid Tale um, in 1990. Uh, how was how that yes. set like? How was that working together? No, actually, we didn't. We were in different scenes and different parts. Oh. Yeah, totally. Totally. We were out there at the same time. Our stuff was shot at around the same time, and we had nothing together at all. And it was a fairly small part stuff, you know. Nothing big. Mr. Bullock, I, one of my favorite roles of yours is uh, in RoboCop 2. It's really just the, the, the one scene where you're the doctor. And <laughs> <laughs> the hack doctor, I think I'm called. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, what, what was it like working on that set? With, like, I think Irvin Kirshner was the well, director. And... That was fun. Irvin Kirshner, I mean, was the great privilege there was to work with Irvin Kirshner because he was, you know, the, uh, the, Empire, the, the Empire Strikes Back or whatever it's called. Yeah. Kind of open a guy and like, uh, do you sure I want to do this in front of the kid? <laughs> like, why not? <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah, well played, Satan. Yeah, oh. We practice at home a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Excellent. And, and then you came back in uh, RoboCop three briefly as well. Was that just kind of they they just called you back or did auditioning or? Well, uh, the guy, the joke, the Fred Decker who directed that said, 
Because it works for me, I don't care. <laughs> so yeah, it works. Yeah, you know, time has passed. <laughs> it, it, people, uh, you know, start out as computer programmers and go on to be Hollywood actors. I mean, it happens. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, <see? laughs> yes. Excellent. Sorry about that. I was my fault. <laughs> Another movie we've actually had on our podcast before was the, uh, the Twin Peaks Fire Walk with Me, where you were uh, Sheriff Cable oh, up there yeah. in that opening part. Um, what's it like working with David Lynch and I mean like Chris Isaac and Kiefer Sutherland and all in that scene? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, um, that was that was a lot of fun. We spent a got a well. First off, to work with David Lynch is a, a unique experience in itself uh, because um, uh, his direction is fairly minimal. And even on the audition, when I auditioned for the part, we didn't actually read any script or anything. We just had yeah. And then I was just told I had the part. Uh, I guess I appeared to be a, 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 enough of a redneck sheriff that uh, he liked that. I, don't, I have no idea. Um, but his direction is kind of interesting. Um, you know that the pace of the series, the, the, the music that Angelo Bandlamenti wrote, is very slow and takes its time. It has its own kind of otherworldly pace to it. Everything takes more time than you think it should sometimes. But uh, he, his only, only direction to me was to uh, slow down and um, to remember that he could hear the music while this was going on. And I thought back and I thought, oh yeah, I remember it could breathe the series. And I had that coin playing in my head too. And everything slows down to the very, very deliberate sort of delivery. Not William Shatner slow down, but, you know, <laughs> just measuring out every word with a you know, teaspoon. It really was quite fun to do. And uh, to not have to feel like you have to hurry to get stuff done because, you know, uh, time is wasting and all that. No, he was very, very good. He wanted what he wanted and he got it because I understood what he was saying excellent <laughs> and it was so much fun uh, Chris Isaac was like a kid working with <laughs> <laughs> he was he was just a, a neat guy we had about a week's worth of uh, of working with a stunt coordinator because we were going to have this fight you see which of course was cut from the original film really? so we worked worked it all that all that worked out well finally when it came to actually shoot it of course, we're losing the light. Everything had to be rushed on because we were losing the light. We didn't have any other choice. And so it kind of took a made-up-on-the-spot kind of feel to it. And uh, I don't know whether that was why it was cut or not, but at any rate, I guess it's in the... Those scenes are still available in the in the new set of all the, all the stuff that, had not, that they did not use. Oh. You can now see on the... Uh, on the latest Twin Peaks set. But anyway, um, I didn't have anything directly with Kiefer. I mean, we're standing around waiting for things just like everybody else. But I didn't have any, any direct, you know, work with him. Mostly it was just hanging out. Nice. Would you mind if I told you that funny story about the play and, and uh, Twin Peaks? Oh, sure. Just a very quick, what I consider a very funny story. Yeah. Um, 
I was working uh, seven roles in a big play called Galileo in a fist, in an open fist theater in LA. And after it was finished, we all would gather in the big open area outside the theater. People would come up, you know, and say whether they liked you or, or whatever. And uh, we'd gone outside and this, this batch of students came dashing over. I thought, oh, this is going to be nice. So they said, hey, you know, we liked your performance. That was great. But that guy over there, was he the sheriff in Twin Peaks? <laughs> 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 yeah. Of course. Of course I played this role so they could meet the sheriff. <laughs> and I said, well, well, you know, why don't you go over and talk to him? Said, oh, no, no, no. And then they repeated to me all his lines, <laughs> one after the other. And it, it was, I just burst out laughing at the good stuff. But they didn't dare go over and talk to him because, you know, he was this uh, movie star to them. <laughs> so much for my roles. <laughs> <laughs> well, being a being a tall gentleman as well, I mean, that, that is kind of intimidating. Uh, how, how tall are you, Gary? I'm 6'4". Oh, six four. Okay, yeah, I'm I'm like six foot eight myself, so so I understand. <laughs> uh, but, uh, whoa! Yeah. <laughs> oh, your family fed you well. <laughs> yeah. Indeed, lots of it, carrots. <laughs> it, it runs in the family. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, you've started a bunch of other movies, like Species, uh, TV shows, uh, like everything from like Buffy the Vampire Slayer to Ally McBeal, X Files. Yeah. Uh, there ain't anything. Particular, um, like like any, any stories you got from those, or uh, hmm, any any interesting stories? No, I'm not quite. Uh, well, as racing stripes, of course. Racing stripes is probably the most fun I've had in the movie oh, yeah. ever, and that was the last movie I shot, which was done in South Africa, which gave me the opportunity to be in a part of the world I never even thought I would uh, get anywhere close to and begin to appreciate it for its beauty there. Uh, Racing Stripes is a a family movie about a zebra who wants to be a racehorse. All the character voices in it were voices of the animals done by people like Whoopi Goldberg, Dustin Hoffman, people like that. But there were about a cast of about five of us who were the humans in this story. I was supposed to be a horse, horse trainer. Wendy Malick uh, for her stable and uh, what was really fun was we were over there for several weeks was uh, just in, enjoying getting to know these people uh, Bruce Greenwood Wendy and, uh, Hayden Panettiere who is now of course uh, much more well known than she was then she was 15 years old yeah, so she was, she was a little teenager back then yeah and uh, it was just a joy to do I just enjoyed the heck out of it Uh, But I don't have anything unique to tell about that except the force. Here we are in in Africa trying to look like Kentucky. (laughs) So they dress all of this area here because because there's a lot of open area in in, uh, Africa that's not available to us here. And so they dressed up to look like, you know, like Kentucky bluegrass 
it was freezing well. cold too. Oh, it was. Very cold. Oh, cold. So all of the yeah. extras, and there were a lot of them, they were wearing these coats, and then action would be called, and you'd see all these coats go flying through the air, and the, and the actors running over to where they're supposed to be, and trying <laughs> not to shiver in the supposedly sunshine that was oh, there. springtime. Uh, yeah, springtime yeah, Kentucky, uh, yeah. Uh, It's when the good uh, the good oh, deals yeah, on flights and stuff are, I'm sure. <laughs> well, did you at least get to like uh, go to like Johannesburg and like see some of the country? So now And uh, Winter People, that was with uh, Kurt Russell and like Lloyd Bridges, right? now doing uh, the audiobooks um mill you're uh, I, I know uh, you have like the collection of the charles dickens novels where you play all of the characters is that correct yes that's true yes yes i've done uh i've performed nine dickens so far and they're on a free site called LibriVox.org, and uh, we've had over half a million downloads 
So oh, wow. Dickens is certainly very much cherished still, which is which is delightful to me. That's the whole reason I did it, actually. And uh, I've also been doing the writings of uh, philosophers of the 16th and 17th century. And another free site called earlymoderntexts.com. And uh, other than that, of course, I do some uh, bread and butter work, too obviously, to keep things going, and uh, that's probably about 30 or so other novels uh, of different types along the way. And uh, right now, I'm kind of up to the eyes with stuff, which is probably... We've got about three different projects going at the same time right now. Uh, So it's it's kind of of busy. A 14-hour fantasy book, um, a five-hour philosophy writing, and another book that's, I think, 9.5 hours, which is a murder mystery. So, it's a lovely variety there. Yeah. <laughs> and I was very cheery. Excellent. Uh, what, what, what are these uh, uh, projects? Are, are they're, they're being made, they're, they're not widely released yet, right? Um, the ones that I'm doing now, no. No, they will not be released till they're finished. Okay, is that the, like, Elswen and uh, Ridge Runner? Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, sorry. I was... Okay. Yeah. Actually, I did uh, audio elsewhere, Gary's book, the first one. And, uh... Yeah, Rich Renner was a, was a screenplay that's never been picked up, but um, maybe someday it will. It's a Civil War story, and it's a true story. It happens to be about, about a guy in my hometown. Nice. But Elsewhere is a science fiction fantasy romance, and it has a sequel called The Elsewhere which is, uh, yes, on the market in, uh, on Amazon. You can find it there. Those Dickens' work can be found on LibriVox.org. And uh, the assortment of the other books that she has done are all on Amazon, but I couldn't remember all their titles at the moment. And Audible. And Audible. Well, yeah, right. Okay. Same thing. Quite a, quite a variety, actually. Some, some fun Edwardian comedies, which are... Really, I thought would do so well, but these days it is so hard to market books, audio or otherwise, that uh, <clears throat> there's very, very few of them from, uh, you know, for new authors that uh, stand much of a chance of getting anywhere. Yeah, say unfortunately, yeah, there seems to be a lot of saturation, obviously, with well, even like podcasts and stuff, but like, <laughs> like uh, you know, streaming video and stuff, where you, it's almost kind of passive. Whereas, like, reading a book is full immersive, and yeah, I can see where that uh-huh. might be yeah. an issue. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Excellent. Um, well, I've been very fortunate also to get incredible emails from people all around the world, which of course uh, LibreVox they're able to get to to download Dickens and uh, I love it when some of them tell me what particular characters they like <laughs> <laughs> and the one we got today is particularly enjoyed the raven in uh, Henry Rudge <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> I thought that was me nice next I'm going to have to check out LibriVox and uh, download a couple of those uh, listen to them at work yeah, yeah I, I love the work work 
Yeah. And some of them are very amusing in themselves, as a matter of fact. And one of the ones we did receive from a gentleman who said, I just wanted you to know that you are the only other woman that I take to bed. <laughs> <laughs> other than my wife. <laughs> very nice. <laughs> It's like, I'm flattered? No, I'm <laughs> no, we've, we've had some really good laughs with all of that. <laughs> and I reply to them whenever I, yeah, whenever their emails are available. Excellent. And and with your, you have your current projects, are there any other, like, dream projects that you're you're considering doing, or? Well, I want to finish the rest of Dickens. That's my uh, mission, so to speak. And there's five or six still more to be done. I've got the tale of, tale of Two Cities ready to go, but uh, I've got these other three projects which have to get done first, as I have, uh, you know, timelines for those. Uh, my Dickens, the nice part is LibriVox just lets me set the date that's comfortable for me, and I give myself plenty of time so that I can do other work in between. But when I finish these three projects, if nothing else, of course, has, has popped in, uh, I'll get back to Tale of Two Cities, creating the characters and getting getting that one done, which I'm really looking forward to. Excellent. Did you say screen projects? Oh, yeah, a screen or stage or a bit? Oh, okay. No, we're just, we, are, we are very far from the, uh, from the outside world here where we are. We're fairly <laughs> isolated. And so stage work is pretty much out of the question. Oh, okay. Um, screen work, well, if you're not in L.A. or New York, you don't really exist anymore. Uh, and we do have, our agents are still there, but you know, don't expect that I'm going to get any calls anytime soon. <laughs> Hasn't happened in a few years now, so I don't think it's going to. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm busying myself with, with uh, you know, engineering audiobooks and trying my hand at writing. I'm trying to get a sequel uh, going for the book that I already have out there, the Elfland Gene. Gene, yeah. And then um, we'll see how that goes. Huh? It was originally written as a screenplay. Oh, there it uh, is. Uh, yeah, yeah. Always down for sci-fi romance. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Sci-fi romance, yeah, that's exactly what it is. Excellent. Two young geniuses who meet each other when they're very, very young, like eight years old, and uh, one of them has the ability as she discovers, to cross over into alternate realities, alternate universes. Huh. And her soulmate has the ability to see forward and backward in time, both. So they inevitably, of course, meet and uh, fall in love and all that sort of stuff. I won't go through the whole thing. Cause yeah, see, I, I, I'm intrigued. I don't know. <laughs> It's like they're meant to be together, but uh, of course, knowing your future in the past and alternate dimensions, that can lead to turmoil. Yeah, I'm I'm in. <laughs> okay. Let's see. Let me think of the, if I can remember the logline for it, uh, because if you can write a good logline for a movie, a movie is important. Um, a young genius avoids her own death by stepping aside into an alternate reality, but then discovers. It's a good one. That's the opening of it. Yeah, I'll keep it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so if you know anybody that's got like, oh, say 10, 20 million bucks, that they're not 
see what I can do. <laughs> you check, okay. check out our Patreon okay. page. Okay. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You have all the gear out there where they keep all the money, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, the name of our podcast is uh, Everything I Learned from Movies. Um, are there any like uh, life lessons that you'd like to share with our listeners uh, that you've, you've learned over the years? Oh, my. <laughs> I, have, I have very few. Do not go into the business if you have an ego, <laughs> because it will be flattened many, many, many times. <laughs> Unless it is an ego as big as Tom Cruise's, then you'll probably, you know, succeed. <laughs> but I'm sure that, uh, yeah. Yeah, my, my, oh, I, I don't have any great pieces of advice or anything. Last time anybody asked me that, and somebody else did for some other thing, I think I said, my only rule, and if I was teaching actors to, you know, acting, if I was teaching an acting class or anything like that, which I will not do, of course, it would be one simple rule, two words, pay attention. That will do you through life, too. Yeah. Yeah, very yeah. much so. And as far as I was concerned, enjoy your auditions. There are many performances. And I always did, and uh, you know, it was always disappointing not to get the role. But at least you've enjoyed the audition part, and it is, you know, it is a mini performance. You've got your audience, they can't leave till you've done your bit. <laughs> <laughs> so they're forced to speak. Yeah, that's great advice. Yeah, thank, thank you both for joining us. Um, we really appreciate it. Uh, where, where can we find your works? I know you have your, your various websites and stuff. Where would be the best location to find uh, about, like, Elswin and the audiobooks? Uh, you know, we have the LibriVox. Well, I'll tell you what. I'll just, I'll just send you an email. Oh. Actually, if I have sent you an email already. The two websites are actually at the, at the uh, bottom of, the, of anything I sent you. Yeah, like Act 2, One Scene spell, 3 or something. Nicholson.com. And the other is ActiveScene3.com. But at the same time, you wanted a picture, right? Uh, yes, please. Okay. Now, you have your choice of <laughs> a one of us together that was shot several years ago, which is a really nice shot, but it is old and it is black and white. And Or you can get two uh, more nearly current uh, headshots. Uh, or I could send all three. Yeah, actually, yeah, send, send all three, and I'll uh, see what I can work into, like, the, uh, the the promo picture and everything, what might work best with, you know, the, the names and everything kind of added and all that, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. that'll probably be best. Well, the, the Act 2, uh, Scene 3, which is our website, actually has all the links to uh, the Dickens, and uh, Gary did a, a, a narration for a another free piece. Yeah, a documentary of the 325th Fighter Group of World War II. Uh, one of the guys in that, one of the pilots in that I knew when I was a kid, uh, he was an ace pilot. And uh, it was a labor of love to do the uh, documentary for them. So you can actually go from those links directly to these uh, free Dickens or the free uh, 325th and uh, also access the books on Audible. They, they be all there. Excellent. Yeah, I'll definitely have all the links and everything on our website as well so they can access that. But uh, again, thank you. Oh, it's, thank you. It's been a thank pleasure you. speaking to both of you. And uh, yeah, we'll we'll keep in contact. Yeah, let us know uh, when, when the Elfwen gene. Oh, well, yeah, well, the Elfwen gene is, is on the market. It's, in, uh, it's on Amazon now. 
Oh, oh, the oh, I sorry, I thought that was the name of the sequel. No, uh, the sequel will be. I haven't decided on the name for the. Oh, okay. <laughs> Thank you very much for taking time out for us. We, we really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Excellent. Excellent. Well, have a great evening. Have a wonderful day. Sorry, I was quiet. It just like no, you guys were yeah, doing I, so good, and like four people on the call, is so much harder. Yeah, that, I know. And before, I took away the rat's water bottle. Yeah, they all decided it was time to get up from their nap and have a drink. But yeah, they're wonderful people. Uh, thank you so much again for joining us. Um, and yeah, head on over to Act Two Scene Three dot com with all the links to all their works. I mean, actually, yeah, check out the Liebenbox.org. A lot of a lot of public domain stories there, uh, done by obviously incredible professionals. Um, and yeah, if you can like volunteer and stuff too, just getting that kind of public domain information out to people, definitely a great cause. But yeah, until next time, I'm Steve and this is everything I learned from movies. Have a good night, everybody.